0: All right, so last week, we began this series called Father Abraham, and it's just a, what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks is move through the life of Abraham. Now, we're not going to see every scene. We're not going to grab every moment. We're not gonna, we're, we won't have time for that. However, we're going to get some highlights of Abraham's life, this, this man that the Bible celebrates as a man of great faith, this, this man that the Bible actually celebrates as a hero of the faith. So what we want to do is just look at this guy's life and say, what does it look like to live by faith? What does it look like even to live by faith? But what what happens when we, when we blow it? How does God feel about that? That's where we find ourselves tonight. I'll tell you about a time when fear overtook me in such a way that, well, the consequences were pretty awful. So uh, while Jenny and I were dating, Jenny got this wild hair to go to a haunted corn maze. And uh, I hate haunted houses, FYI. I hate the feeling of being scared. It brings out the worst in me in like awful ways. Uh, And my, so if we're on the scale of fight or flight, I have no fight, I have all flight, right? I'm just like, that's scary, run. So I had been to haunted house before. I went into high school because, you know, it was me and my bros and we're like, oh, girls are going, let's go to this haunted house and show them how manly we are. It was a bad idea. And so we, Jenny and I are now dating and she's like, Kate, I've never been. I really want to go. It's on my bucket list. I'm like, no, you're going to hate it. It's going to be awful. This is not going to be good. And I don't want to go. So she gets my mom in on this and my mom's like, Kate, come on, go. We want to go. So my mom's now going to go and they're like shaming me. I'm like, fine, let's go. So we go to this haunted corn maze and we're waiting in line and I hate it. What's worse about those moments is the anticipation, right? Right? Like, you know, this is going to be scary. And it's, the, it's worse waiting on being scared than it is actually being scared. You're like, something's there, something's there, something's there, girl, something is there. You know, it's just, it's terrible. So we get into the corn maze and we start, we start walking through this thing and it's a real corn maze, like it's in Angleton. So, I mean, it's just, it's in the middle of nowhere, Angleton. People are like popping up from the corn and scaring you. It's every nightmare you've ever had about what would happen in a corn maze happening out there in real life. It's awful, I'm like, this is so stupid. This is so stupid. Why are we here? I don't want to be here. So this is the order of, and this will tell you about how manly I am. This is the order of us. My mother's in the front, then Jenny, and then me, and then my buddy, Jeff, right? (laughs) Jeff, Jeff, right? So I'm like, look, I need people around me because if somebody tries to kill us, all y'all die and I'm gonna get away. So we're, we're going through this thing and it comes to a point where this, this human pops up and scares us. And again, I told you, I have no fight, all flight. My mom, whenever she gets scared, her reaction is to freeze right where she is. Ah! And she just stops. I'm like, dear God, woman, get out of my way. Remember the order, mom, Jenny, Cade, Jeff. Right. So this guy, this guy, I don't know if it was a guy, this person pops up, scares us. And I do what every red blooded human should do in that moment is I take off running. And I don't know if you've thought about like what happens if you run and there's somebody else in front of you. But my girlfriend, who I would like to be my wife one day, I take off and plow over her. <laughs> She falls to the ground and all of these like haunted characters surround her. And they're like, is she hurt? I'm like, oh, no way. (laughs) And I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like clean it up. Like, hey, get up, girl. Like we're trying to get out of here. You know, like, "I, I don't know what happened back there. You know, like, get up. Let's get out of here. She was furious, needless to say. Like we we finished the whole maze, we got out and she was still mad. She's like, you ran me over. Deal. (laughs) I'm just, I got scared. (laughs) Here's the deal. (laughs) Jeff, Jeff made it out alive. All right. Here's why I tell you that. Here's why I tell you that. Because oftentimes in life, when we make decisions based out of our fear, They can be awful decisions. They can be decisions that we bear consequences of. They can be decisions that other people have to bear consequences of because we made a decision based on our fear. Now that's exponentially more true, all the more true in our relationship with God. When we decide to make decisions with our relationship with God based on fear and not faith, the consequences can be grand. They can be huge. They not only can affect you, they can affect other people around you you know you've heard people say let your faith be greater than your fear and that's really true and we will see that to be true here in genesis chapter 12 starting in verse 10 since now there was a famine in the land so abram went down to egypt to sojourn there for the famine was severe in the land when he was about to enter egypt he said to sarah his wife i know that you are a woman beautiful in appearance and when the egyptians see you they will say this is his wife then they will kill me and they will let you live Say you are my sister, that it may go well with me because of you, and that my life may be spared for your sake. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. And when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And for her sake, he dealt well with Abram. And he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh, and his house was with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her for my wife? Now then here's your wife, take her and go. And Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. So now we see Abram, this man that just... A few verses back in Genesis chapter 12, God calls out of this land and sends him and says, go to the land that I will show you. And Abraham, in a great act of faith, follows God, says, God, your way is best. I don't have all the pieces. I don't have all the answers, but I will follow you because of who you are, because you are trustworthy, God. Verse 10, he blows it. It gets hard and he bails out of the land that God told him to go to and he sells out his wife. And so what we want to ask of this is, why why does Abram act in fear and not faith? And for that matter, why do we act in fear and not faith sometimes? There's a famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there for the famine was severe in the land. The first thing that we see for why Abram chooses fear and not faith is because he has a misunderstanding of or he forgets who God is. He has a misunderstanding of, or he forgets who God is. Abraham standing in the land that God said, this is the land that I'm going to give to you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a great nation. And then it gets hard. And there's not a lot of food, but there's a lot of people around. And he's like, okay, I'm just doing the math in my head, God. This many people, that much food, this isn't going to work out. Somebody's not going to eat. I know there's food in Egypt. I know you didn't tell me to go there, but I know that there's food in Egypt. So I'm gonna go to Egypt. He disobeys God. He turns his back on the land that God has shown to him, has revealed to him and says, I'm gonna go over here. He takes control of his life. He takes it up into his own hands and says, God, I know that you said you're gonna take care of me, but I think I'm gonna need to help you out a little bit. So I'm gonna have to go to Egypt so that you can actually help me here. He doesn't trust God at all in this moment. Because you see, he has a misunderstanding of who God is, or he's actually forgotten who God is. He thinks God's incapable. God's not gonna take care of me, so I've gotta take care of me. So he goes to Egypt, a place that the scriptures actually depict as an enemy of the people of God over and over again a place that God is rescuing the people of God from consistently. That if you read in the Psalms and later in the Old Testament, God reminds the people of God, do you remember I am the Lord your God who rescued you out of Egypt? This isn't a place that God wants his people to go. In fact, they will end up going there and being enslaved. And yet Abram goes there because he takes his life into his own hands. And in fear, he chooses to control his life and not let God control his life. In a moment of fear, Abraham thinks, I don't think God is trustworthy. I don't think God's going to come through. So he turns his back on the place that God told him to be and he takes control of his own life. And the reality is, is some of us have been in that space where we have been in, in situations that are they're fearful, they're uncertain. We've been looking down, whatever it might be, family situations, school situations, friend situations. I don't know, you fill in the blank for your life, but you, have, you may have thought these things in your head. God, I don't think you can actually help me here. So I'm gonna have to take it up into my own hands. I'm gonna have to put my hands on it. I'm gonna have to take control because, because it is so. it's terrifying for us to actually release control to God. It's a terrifying thing for us to say to God, okay, you're actually, you're gonna want some kind of control here. Now, we want some kind of control. Abram wanted some kind of control. He thought, I don't wanna go hungry. Who wants to go hungry? I mean, can you imagine? I mean, his thought process, we might even empathize with him. God gave me a promise. He's gonna make me a great nation. He can't make me a great nation if I die of starvation, so I gotta go find some food. But if God promised, why would God not, God not come through? If God promised, why would God not come through? You see, Abraham turning his back on the land that God promised actually tells us a little bit more about what Abraham thinks about God, that he's not trustworthy, that he may not be able to come through. He misunderstands God and he misunderstands, he thinks that God's incapable. The second misunderstanding he has of God is this, is that he thinks Pharaoh is actually more fearful than God is. He thinks Pharaoh is more fearful than God is. Look at verse 11. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are a woman beautiful in appearance. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, that it may go well with me because of you and that my life may be spared for your sake. He's like, hey, we're almost to Egypt. We're on the outskirts of this place. You're real pretty girl. And all those dudes, they're gonna be like, you're real pretty. I'm gonna take you. So here's the deal. In order to avoid all that, why don't you just say that you're my sister? Why don't we just lie about this whole thing? So not so that we can save you. That's not what he says. It's so that will, he says, so that it will go well with me. Abraham turns inward and becomes selfish and actually becomes way more afraid of Pharaoh than he does of God. He thinks Pharaoh's a powerful guy. I've heard stories of Pharaoh. I've heard stories about what Pharaoh might do to people like me. And so I, I will abandon trust in God in, in fear of that guy might harm me because I'm not sure that God can protect me in this moment. I'm not sure that God will take care of me. And again, many of you have been in situations that you're not going up to a king that could, that could kill you but you've been in situations where you think if I don't become somebody that I'm not, if I'm not dishonest about who I actually am, I might, my social status might get killed. My opportunity to be on this team, to be in that club, to go to that school, it might get killed. And so in fear, you make a decision to lie about who you really are because you're terrified. And you think, I don't know if God can actually come through, so I'm going to have to take control. I'm going to have to respond out of my fear and take control. And I'm going to be more fearful of losing my social status, of losing the college that I thought I wanted to get into, of losing the relationship that I'm in, of losing whatever. I'm more fearful of that than I am of God. Abraham wants to sustain his own life. And so he turns inward and he becomes more fearful of Pharaoh than he does of God, But here's what the scriptures say about the fear of God. Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you want to be wise, if you want to have understanding, if you want to make good decisions in life, it starts at the fear of the Lord. We need to get this right, that we would be in awe of God, that God is the one who is most to be feared. Here's why in Matthew 10, 28, Jesus says this about God. Talking to his disciples, he's like, hey, persecution's going to happen. I'm just letting you know this is going to happen. They persecuted me, so they're going to persecute you. And he says, hey, don't, don't fear, verse 28, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. You see, this is what Jesus says to his disciples. Hey, it's going to get hard, and you might get scared. And you might want to think in that moment, I'm not sure that God can come through. And so out of your fear, you will make a faithless decision to abandon God, to turn your back on God, to lie about who God is, to lie about who you are, because you're afraid of what might happen. And I'm telling you, you should be more afraid of the God who could kill you like this. Because those people can take your life, but they can't take your eternity. God does both. So you tell me which one's more fearful. And yet, so often, we, I, make decisions based on the fear that's right in front of me. Man, I really feel like God's leading me to share the gospel with this person. To ask him how I how can I pray for them, but I get scared. What if they laugh at me? What if they reject me? What if they what if they think I'm weird? What if what if I get shoved out of my friend group because I'm like all I'm doing is talk, talking and thinking about Jesus? What if that happens? What. What if it doesn't go like I think it's going to go? What if it's awkward? What if I'm awkward? And so in fear, I make a decision that I fear that person's rejection more than I fear God. And so many of us have been in that scenario. I've been in that scenario over and over again, that I've made decisions to to turn my back on obedience to God because I'm more scared of that person than I am of God. And I'm not saying we should live our lives in fear of like, God, please don't throw your lightning bolts on me. But I'm saying if we really had a, like a big, broad, full understanding of who God is, we would understand this great God deserves our obedience. And so we would make decisions. We would make decisions based on fear of the Lord, not fear of man. Abraham chooses to fear man. What are the effects of Abraham acting out of fear, not faith? Look at verse 14. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. Just like he thought his worst nightmares coming true. Verse 15. And when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. Abraham made this plan. Hey, we're gonna lie. She's my sister. That way we won't have to worry about you going in with Pharaoh. And guess what happens? They lie. And what happens? She goes to Pharaoh. His plan blows up in his face. His plan fails. I had a plan. I was going to lie. It wasn't even going to be a big deal. I was just going to say you were my sister because if, if I say you're my sister, then we can start talking about like bride price and we can negotiate like, hey, how many camels are you going to give me for this hottie? Like, how is this going to go? Like, I, I can just spend my time negotiating with you so that nothing actually happens to her. We can just eat until the famine's over and go back to the land that God has told us to go to. But it blows up in his face. And they're like, man, she's really pretty. I better go tell Pharaoh, hey, there's this really, really pretty girl out here. You don't really know her, but you, you should have her. And so Pharaoh's like, yeah, let me have her. And he takes Sarai in. Abram's like, this is, this is, this is terrible. This is not what I thought was going to happen. And he makes a decision in fear and his plan actually backfires. It blows up in his face. Because you see, when we make decisions based on fear. We miss out on God's best. We have, dis- we have opportunities and, dis- and, and, and times where we can experience God's best. Abraham could could have walked in to the people of Egypt and been truthful and seen God work miraculous things. Rather, he chose fear and he lied. He missed out on God's best. What are the other effects of Abraham acting out of fear? Look back at verse 15. And when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, that Sarai, they praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. You see, when Abram acts out of fear, it doesn't just cost him. It costs the people around him. It costs Sarai. She gets drawn into Pharaoh's harem. She's now one of many wives for Pharaoh to do whatever he wants to do because Abraham sold her out with a lie because he chose to act out of fear and not faith. And I think there are so many times where we think my decisions only affect me. But I promise you, your decisions don't only affect you. There's not a decision that you will make that will only affect you. Every decision you make has an effect somewhere on someone else. And so when we make decisions based on fear, to save our own selves. Who is that affecting mom, dad, siblings? Think down the road. Who's that going to affect wife, husband, kids. Those decisions matter. Think about what it might've cost Sarah. think about what it might've done to her. She sees, she sees Abram act in fear and not faith. He takes control of his own life and, kind of, and sells Sarah out to Pharaoh. And so later in Genesis chapter 16, Sarah is frustrated. She's frustrated with God. She's like, God, you've promised that we're going to have this kid, this child of promise, but look, I'm real old and there's no way that this is going to get pregnant. So she just goes to Abraham and she's like, Hey, why don't you just, why don't you just have my servant Hagar and Maybe you can get her pregnant and that's where the son of promise will be. She takes control of her life. And through Hagar comes Ishmael and God says, that's not the son of promise. The son of promise is gonna come through Sarah. You see, it it affects Sarah down the road to the point where she starts to act the same way. Because Abraham, the leader of this family, decided to make a decision out of fear and not faith. It affected the decisions made by Sarai later. And same is true of us. When we decide to make decisions based on our fear, fear of a person rejecting us, fear of losing a social status, fear of not making it on a team because we need to stand up for what is actually true and right. I mean, some of you might need to make faithful decisions to abandon being on a team that costs you Sundays or Wednesday nights or a small group that you need to be a part of that you, you, you have to make a decision based on faith that you're saying, look, it's a great opportunity, or or maybe to, to not go to a college that is a, a certain place, or to not be a part of a friend group that you know is going to drag you down. You have to make a decision based on faith to say, God, I know this is not this is not what you desire, and I, and it's scary because man, being in that group, going to that school, being on that team, it seems really great, but I but but it just just seems like this is not your not your, not your best for me. So I need to make a decision in faith. And that's scary. I get it. Those are hard decisions. I'm not trying to minimize that. But I'm telling you, based on who God is and based on what the Bible says, you will continuously find God's best when you make decisions based on faith and not fear. Hebrews 11:6 six says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. So we should be people who make decisions based on faith. So how does God respond to this fearful action? Man, it, it, like if we, we think in these moments, if I was God, I'd be like, I chose you, Abraham, but you're kind of a punk. I'm going to go choose a different guy now. Look at what happens in verse 17. The Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her for my wife? Now then, here's your wife, take her and go. And Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him. And they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. You catch what God does. He doesn't strike Abraham down. He doesn't push Abraham to the side. He he frees Abram from the situation. He shows faithfulness to Abraham. He shows faithfulness to Abram. Why does he do that? Why does he do that? Because in Genesis 12 verse three, this is what God promised to Abram. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. God promised that to Abraham. doesn't free Abraham. God didn't come through on his promise. That would be a big problem about who God is. And so God doesn't free Abraham for Abraham's sake. God frees Abram for God's sake. Because we should remember this story it has way more to do with God than it does with Abram. And so God keeps his promise. And it's to Abram's benefit. But it has nothing to do with Abram and everything to do with God. God acts in faithfulness. He keeps his promise. And here's the deal. That should be so helpful to you. That should be so comforting to you to know. It's, here, it's comforting to me because I know I have blown it before. I have made decisions based on fear. I've gotten more scared of people or situations than I have of fearing God and being obedient to him. I've done that plenty of times. And to know that we serve a faithful God who uses imperfect people continuously throughout history, that is extremely comforting to me. And so to you in here who think I'm a person who has made a decision based on fear and not faith, you shouldn't leave here beat up. You should leave here thinking, Okay, I want to walk in faith now and believe that God is faithful to continue using you, not because it's based on you, but because it's really about God. So don't beat yourself up. Find grace for that. Find help for that. Turn to a God who is faithful to accomplish exactly what he has promised. God is faithful. 2 Timothy two thirteen says this about God. If we are faithless, he, that's God, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. It would be against who God is for him to be faithless. Okay, so the last question is this. How do we respond in faith during fearful situations? Okay, kid, this is a great example. We've seen from Genesis chapter 12, 10 through 20, what it's like, but when I, tomorrow, if I have to face a fearful situation, how am I supposed to respond in faith? What can I hold on to? First thing is this, when you face a fearful situation, you respond in faith by first trusting who God is. You respond in faith by trusting who God is. What is God's character? Is what you're thinking in this situation, is it accurate? Because I'm willing to bet that Abram in the face of the famine wasn't thinking, I know that God is faithful. You, you can tell he wasn't thinking that because he bails and goes to Egypt. He was thinking, God isn't faithful. God won't take care of me. But if you really stopped and thought about it, are those things actually true about God? And so often when we get praise that God's not actually good, that God doesn't actually care, that God won't actually come through and we live out of those lies. And so we need to be reminded when it gets scary, when it gets hard, when we think, if I don't take control of this, it's going to go terribly for me. That we serve a God who is faithful, who is good, who is kind, who is powerful enough to work this out. So when you face a fearful situation, the way you act in faith is by trusting who God is. Trusting who God is. Psalm 20 verse 7 says it like this. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. That maybe they, they think it's going to be chariots that make them win. Maybe they think it's going to be their awesome horses that make them win the battle. No, no, no. What it's going to be is that we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. He will fight for us. He will win. Psalm forty-six, ten says this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Maybe for for those of you who seem like you're constantly facing fearful situations and have to make decisions, that immediately when you you feel like you're going to make a decision based on fear, you're going to trust yourself. You're going to turn inward. You would just memorize and recite Psalm 46. Be still and know that I'm God. I I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth. You know, this is the picture when it comes to this, be still and know that I'm God. It's not just stand there and know that I'm God. It's, it's take your hands off. Stop messing with it. Release this and trust that I've gonna, I'm gonna take care of it. Be still, cease striving. Stop putting your hands in it and putting it and working with it because you, you probably know this from experience. You, sometimes you approach situations and you think, uh, I think I'm gonna need to put my hands on this and then it just blows up. You're like, Nah, I shouldn't have messed with it. So be still and know that he is God. So we should trust who God is. And the second thing that we should do in fearful situations, if we wanna act in faith, we should trust what God says. We should trust who God is. And we should trust what God says. What did God say to Abram? Genesis 12, two and three. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse seven, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, he said this to your offspring, I will give this land, this land that you're standing in, this land that later the famine came in. I will give your offspring this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. But when he gets pinched, he doesn't trust what God says. He doesn't trust that God's going to come through. We should trust what God says. And maybe the question is, well, what did God say? How do we know what God said? What are the promises that God has given us? Well, you, this is why it's so important to understand and to read the scriptures because in the Bible, we find the words of God. I'm not just saying this is an old book by old dudes who give you an opinion about God that yes, People wrote it, but God inspired it. These are the words of God that we ought to read to understand who God is and what God said so that in fearful situations, we can keep moving forward. Isaiah chapter 40, verse eight says, the the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. That the way that what's best situations and the decisions that you should make, all that's gonna change over time. What's best will change in the eyes of the world over time. God's word won't change. It will be constant. It will be the same. Here's uh, here's an important thing to note. Acting in faith doesn't mean not acting at all. So often we can confuse ourselves and think, if I have faith, that means I just have to sit here and wait on God to come through. Now here's what faith looks like. Faith looks like you, Continuing to walk in and excelling in what God has already revealed to you and trusting that he will give you the next step when he needs to give you the next step. You see, we act in fear because we don't have the plan. God, give me the plan. We exit high school and we're like, I have no clue what I'm going to major in. God, I'm supposed to have this planned out. My high school counselor said I need to have my degree plan planned out, what my master's degree is going to be, what house I'm going to live in, how much money I'm going to make. And we panic because we don't have the plan set out in front of us. When God's saying the whole time, I'll give you exactly what you need. I'll give you day by day. I'll give you the next step. And so acting in faith doesn't mean not acting at all. It means acting in what you already know to do. Has God called you to go to college? Great. You know what your step is? Apply for college. Where? I don't know. Listen to God, but you should just apply to some colleges and listen to the Lord and let Him guide you where you need to go. There are all kinds of decisions that, that come into that. That we could be we could either choose fear or we could choose faith, but faith doesn't mean not acting. It means acting in what we know God has already revealed to us. Let's be people. Let's be people who respond in faith and not fear, because here's what happens when you do that. People see that and they think, what kind of God makes people act like that? What kind of God makes people that trustworthy? That God must be good. That God must be worthy of following. That God must be powerful when we act in faith, it makes God look really good. And that really should be our desire. That our desire should say, you know what? I'm going to make this decision in faith. It might, not, it might look ridiculous to everybody out there, but it's going to bring a ton of glory to God. Then you keep going and you do that. And why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're in here and you have... Um, if you thought, and as we've gone through this, man, there are so many times that I have made decisions based on fear and not faith. Then I would just invite you to take a moment and repent of that to God. To just, to say what this man says to Jesus in a moment, in a moment of little faith. He says in Mark nine twenty four, immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. So maybe you just need to say, God, God help me where, where I have not believed that you're good. Help me in the places where I have not believed that you're trustworthy. And I made decisions based on fear of a person or fear of a situation or fear of losing a position. God, help me. Forgive me. And here's what's good news. You find forgiveness because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. You don't find shame. You don't find getting beat up. You don't find any of that. You find welcoming and you find freedom. So make a decision based on faith and go be free. And maybe for those of you who are like, you know what? I have been making decisions based on faith. That's awesome. Be encouraged then be continue to keep walking in faith and trust that God's faithful to you. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to get out of here. Oh, father, I'm grateful for our time together. I'm grateful for this. Story in Genesis chapter 12, the truth of it, the example of it. God, we want to be people who make decisions based on faith and not fear. We want to fear you more than we fear people, situations, losing a position. Because God, we know that without faith, it's impossible to please you. We know that. So help me help these students to make decisions based on faith and glorify you with their life. We ask all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you guys are dismissed.